Are you in need of a top dog electrician? Because for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, that's their phone number, they will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or small for these guys. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765, and Piper Electric will give you 20% off of your next service call. What's going on, guys? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Winter on a Thursday. We are presented today by Total Beverage, where you can get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more by using the code BSN2019. Do that online or on the Total Beverage app. Total Beverage also delivers to most of the metro area and also now has CBD products as well. So if that is your jam, make sure to hit up Total Beverage. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about which player on the Nuggets is most likely to make the biggest leap next season. We've talked a bit about the leap Jamal Murray could make this coming year in his fourth NBA season. I've written about it. I've talked about it on the podcast, so I'll speak to that a little more today. But there's also four other players I think deserve to be in this conversation just looking at this Nuggets roster. So there's five guys total, including Jamal Murray, that I'm going to touch on today and kind of give you the pros and cons about why I think each one could be in store for the biggest leap and I guess who finally I'll settle on as the guy who I think will make the biggest leap next year. Not really putting guys like Vlako Chanchar or, or Bol Bol or Michael Porter or Jared Vanderbilt into this argument just because we don't really have a flat line, a ground level of player production to determine what type of leap they could make this coming season. So I'm going to focus on five players today. Jamal Murray is one of them, and he's going to be the first one I'm going to get to. Uh, but there are four others who I feel like should be in the discussion, uh, I guess, for who can make and who will make the biggest leap on the Nuggets next season. First though, a quick bit of news that I forgot to drop on yesterday's podcast, Wednesday's edition of the show, pretty much focused on Bull Bull, why Denver reportedly signed him or why I think they signed him to that two-way deal. Focused around that and then also touched on Serbia and Spain's recent World Cup wins. By the way, U.S. blew out Japan this morning in China in the World Cup to stay undefeated there. Mason Pumley played a bunch. He did not play in that really close game against Turkey, but Team USA rested a couple guys. They knew they were going to blow out Japan, so Plumlee did play quite a bit in this game. Played 16 and a half minutes. Don't anticipate him playing that much going forward, but I think because it was Japan and Team USA rested a couple guys, he got some more playing time. But the bit of news is, and I reported this Tuesday night, but Denver brought in Isaiah Taylor for a workout this week. Who is Isaiah Taylor? Six foot three point guard. Was hurt all last season, had a tibia injury, so did not play last year, but is back, healthy, looking for a job. He's also worked out for Boston and Phoenix over the last couple of weeks. 6'3 point guard, like I said, 25 years old. His best skill, I'd say, is his end-to-end speed. Has never really been known as like a high-level pick-and-roll guy or a knockdown shooter or like really good defender, per se, but... Just a really speedy 6'3 point guard who's a little long, who can really get from end to end and get the ball down the floor quickly. So I was told Denver brought him in for a workout. 
The Nuggets, of course, have one open roster spot right now. I envision them keeping that open, and that's just speculation on my part. But uh, I think Denver wants to keep that roster spot open for a couple reasons. One is maybe they'll convert Bull Bull's contract from that two-way deal to a regular NBA contract, and of course they need a open roster spot to do so. Maybe they'll do that at some point during the season. Uh, secondly, maybe just an open roster spot for some flexibility when it comes to trades. Denver could execute a two-for-one or a three-for-two trade and bring back an extra guy and put him into that open roster spot. So I could see Denver keeping that open, but they did bring in Isaiah Taylor for a workout, as they've done for a lot of different guys throughout the summer. So this wasn't exactly like, oh, wow, they brought a guy in for a workout. Maybe they're going to sign him. They do this a lot. But the fact that they do have one open roster spot, I thought it was interesting and notable. So two years ago, Taylor in 67 games for the Hawks, Averaged 6.6 points, 3.1 assists, and 17.4 minutes per game. Went undrafted out of the University of Texas in 2016. If he's a guy Denver likes, I think they could bring him to training camp. Remember, they also have P.J. Dozier under contract as well. He'll be at training camp. So I don't think any of those guys are guys you should necessarily pencil in for that extra roster spot. I think Denver would like to keep that open for now and really how close they are to the luxury tax. I think that might play a role as well. They are just right under it from the last numbers I saw. All right, so let's turn our attention to the topic of today's show. Who is going to make the biggest leap for Nuggets next season? I'm going to start with the guy most people probably identify with this question and most people would probably say as an answer to this question. It's Jamal Murray. And there are a couple reasons why I think Jamal Murray is very likely to be the guy who takes the biggest leap for the Nuggets next season and probably why a lot of Nuggets fans think he's that guy too. The biggest reason is what he did last season. A breakout year for Jamal Murray, 18.2 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 4.8 assists. I thought for a 22-year-old in his first playoff appearance, had an outstanding playoff debut. Uh, some of the notable games for sure. 34 points against Portland in that 116-112 win in game four. Played 38 minutes that game. Shot 50% from the field. And look, for a guy who was making his playoff debut, I thought he had some good moments. He had some poor moments as well. Game seven against Portland wasn't his best showing when he went four of 18 from the floor. But, you know, that game he had against Portland, the 34-point game, and then he also had 34 points in the quadruple overtime game as well. And then in the Spurs series, he got hit hard for how Derek White was probably outplaying him through those first two games. But I thought he came back towards the end of the series and really rebounded well. 23 points, 9-19 shooting, 5 rebounds, 4 assists in that closeout game 7 that Denver won at home. And then Murray was also outstanding in games 4 and 5. Went for 24 points, 6 assists on really good shooting numbers, 57% from the field in game four, and then came back 23.7 assists on 56% shooting in Denver's win in game five at home. So his playoff performance, I think in his first playoff appearance, really set him up for a big leap this coming year. Also, he's just the guy that you can probably most identify on the Nuggets as the next superstar after Jokic. Right? If Denver's going to have another superstar, it's most likely going to be Jamal Murray. He's got a more likely path to superstar status than Gary Harris or Malik Beasley or Jeremy Grant or you know anybody not named maybe Porter, maybe Michael Porter. 
but I think for the sake of this argument, it's kind of difficult to say if Porter's going to make a leap based on the zero games he played last season. Murray's just that guy, the guy who goes for 48 points against Boston, who has these unbelievable second halves that save Denver, like when he went crazy in the fourth quarter of game two against San Antonio when Denver's season was hanging in the balance. Just the eye test says that he's a guy who still has maybe a leap or two left in him. And he's also going to have a ton of opportunity to make that leap. That's something that you can't say for a couple of the people that I'm going to be talking about on this list. Spoiler alert, Malik Beasley is on this list, and I'm going to get to him in a few moments, but he's not going to have the opportunity, at least I don't think, that Jamal Murray is going to have to make another leap next season, right? Malik Beasley could be coming off the bench next year. Jamal Murray knows he's going to be starting. He knows he's going to be playing 30-plus minutes a night. He knows he's going to be called upon to generate offense when the Nuggets need it. When Jokic is off the floor, he knows he's going to be the number one option. So he's in a situation where he's going to get a lot of shots. He's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to be holding the ball on offense every time down the floor, dribbling it up the court. He's going to be put in a position to make a big leap next season. And you can't say that for everybody that I'm going to get to here momentarily. Also, and this does go for most of the people on this list, he's just still incredibly young. He's 22, and last year was only his second year playing point guard full-time. And point guard, it's the toughest position to learn in the NBA for sure. The toughest position for young players to come in and master and start right off the bat. Split time with point guard as a rookie played off the bench, and then came back and started his sophomore season. But last year, just his second full-time year at point guard, this will be his third. And a lot of point guards, like Damian Lillard, who I've compared Jamal Murray to time and time again since he was a rookie, and I still think Jamal Murray has a ceiling that is about where Damian Lillard is at when Damian Lillard is playing at the best of his ability. I think Murray can still get there. Nothing that Murray did over the course of last season made me think, no, he doesn't have that ceiling. Actually, what he did in the playoffs reaffirmed to me that I still think he can get to that level where Lillard is playing at. But Damian Lillard, in his fourth year in the league, went from 21 points per game to 25 points per game. Also saw his assists increase from 6.2 to 6.8. Jamal Murray averaged 18.2 points per game last year. So no, I don't think he's going to average four more points per game like Lillard did going from his third to his fourth year because, I mean, let's just face it, Damian Lillard wasn't playing with Nikola Jokic. He wasn't playing with the talent in Portland that Murray has around him in Denver. But I still could think just from an all-around standpoint that leap could take place for Murray in year four like it did for Lillard and like it did for a lot of other point guards in the league. Next up, I'm going to turn my attention to Malik Beasley. But before we get there, Got to tell you guys about the official beer of BSN Denver. You guys know what it is by now. It's Breckenridge Brewery, the original Colorado beer. Did you guys know they were established in 1990 right here in Breckenridge, Colorado? You've probably heard of, you probably drank a lot of their beers before. The Vanilla Porter, the Oatmeal Stout. Most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche. I know you guys have definitely had that one before. If you're a loyal listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've tried their Strawberry Sky already, but if you guys haven't, you're missing out. It's a lighthearted coal shale, but if you're not sure what a coal shale means, it's the light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. Strawberry Sky, it's at all your local liquor stores. Check out that. Check out other Breckenridge beers, and also make sure to keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. That's where we're posting all the events that we have planned throughout the seasons. 
And of course, we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. Make sure you RSVP. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. All right, welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wint here. On a Thursday, we are presented, of course, by Total Beverage. If you use promo code BSN2019, you can get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more online or on the Total Beverage app. Did you know Total Beverage now has CBD products? Pretty cool. So next up on this list, Malik Beasley. And of course, we're going over the question right now, who will make the biggest leap on the Nuggets next season? And for Malik Beasley, I talked about this in the Jamal Murray segment. A lot of it comes down to opportunity because we don't know what Beasley's role is going to be for sure next season. Is he going to be the starting small forward? And from what I've been told, there will be an open competition at the small forward spot for next season, and Malik Beasley will be a part of that competition. So will he be the starter? Will he come off the bench again in a 23-minute-per-game role like he did last year, playing backup two, playing backup three, and then starting on occasion? He started 18 games last year, and he was great as a starter, posted big numbers when Gary Harris or Will Barton were hurt. So what will his role be next season? I think that's going to go a long way in determining what type of leap he can make. Obviously, if he's starting most of the games that he appears in, he's got a better chance at making that leap than he does if he's coming off the bench and playing 20 to 25 minutes per game. I said this once about Beasley. I'll say it again. I think he's got, per se, a higher ceiling than Gary Harris. I think his skill set is crazy. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's got an absolute knockdown jumper, shot 40% from three last year. No reason to think he can't shoot that percentage again this season. He has the tools, the strength, the athleticism. I think eventually he can have the awareness to be an above-average wing defender. He really should be. He was at times last season, but he does have the skill set and the ability to be a really good perimeter defender. And so just all of those skills together – make me a big believer in Beasley long-term. A reason why I think Beasley could make a huge leap next season is we saw what he can do finally with consistent minutes last year, right? He didn't really get a consistent spot in the Nuggets rotation in year one or year two. Averaged 7.5 minutes as a rookie, 9.5 minutes as a sophomore, up to 23 minutes per game last year, and of course we saw his numbers skyrocket, as they should have. Uh, but 
you know, in increased minutes, I felt like he really got comfortable for the first time in his Nuggets career and his NBA career. And that tends to happen with guys when they get those consistent minutes for the first times, they really gain a sense of comfort and a sense of, all right, I'm not going to be feast or famine one game. I'm going to have a consistent approach and put up consistent numbers. And I think that's what he did last year. We also know that Beasley is just a consummate worker in the offseason and what he put into his game last year over the summer, I think is a big reason why we saw his three-point percentage skyrocket to 40%, why why we saw some other aspects of his game kind of show off for the first time. And from all the reports I've heard, he's on that same regiment this summer, of course, keeping with his shot, making sure that's consistent heading into next year, but also working on other parts of his game, working on his ability to attack the rim, play out the pick and roll more. So I think we could see a more expanded game for Beasley next season. The only question is, is that role going to be expanded too? Beasley, like Jamal Murray, super young still, 22 years old, not going to turn 23 until the end of November next season. So he's, of course, still got a lot of upside, a lot of potential, And going back to the draft, going back to when Beasley was selected, a lot of how we view players still is based on their draft slot, right? Beasley slid all the way to 19th overall. The only reason he slid that far was because he had a foot injury that didn't allow him to work out for teams in the lead up to the draft. But when he was at Florida State that year, he posted big numbers and a guy with his skill set at six foot five, with his body, with his athleticism, with his ability to shoot the ball, he should have got a lot higher than he did in that draft. But he slid. And I'll tell you this from talking to Malik, I know this. He plays with a huge chip on his shoulder. And part of the reason why he felt like it was so necessary to put in as many hours in the gym over the course of the offseason as he did last year is because he doesn't think he gets the respect he deserves. He doesn't think he's as highly regarded around the league as he should be. And he's fighting for that respect. Here's something I was thinking about when the Team USA selection process was going on. Why wasn't Malik Beasley on the select team? I can tell you this. From what I know, he definitely would have gone and would have been a part of that Team USA select process if invited. But he wasn't invited. I have a feeling that ticked him off a little bit. So we'll see what kind of player he comes back as next summer. And depending on what type of role he has next year, what type of minutes are available for him, and what type of opportunity there is, I think he could be in for another leap, just like he made last season. All right, three more guys I'm going to touch on in this discussion about who can make the biggest leap for Nuggets next season. The next one, it's the Nuggets backup point guard, Monte Morris, who, like Malik Beasley, like Jamal Murray, is fairly young, not as young as those guys. Monte Morris is 24. Of course, he played four years at Iowa State, whereas Murray and Beasley were one and dones. Monte Morris last year, I think he established himself as one of the best and most reliable and consistent backup point guards in the league. 82 games played, 24 minutes of contest, six starts, but the numbers he posted in 24 minutes a game and the efficiency he did it with was off the charts. 10.5 points per game, 3.6 assists, shot 49% from the field, 41.5% from three. Morris had a great year, especially shooting the ball. 41% from three. That put him in the 90th percentile of all guards. From the mid-range, 52% from mid-range. That put him in the 98th percentile of all guards. The biggest area where he can probably improve, his ability to finish at the rim. 
And for a 6'3 guy like Morris, who doesn't have the vertical or the athleticism of a Malik Beasley, per se, that's going to be tougher. You know, at six foot three, he's got fine size for the point guard position, but not the top tier athleticism per se that a Russell Westbrook has or some of the top finishers in the league have. Last year, he shot 59% at the rim. That put him in the 61st percentile. That's among all guards. So still way better than average, but I still think there's a lot of room for improvement there. And from what I know about what his offseason regimen has been like, Working on finishing around the rim with his right, with his left hand, off the glass, floaters, that's been a big point of emphasis. So I think we could look for some improvement there. But Monte, I think what could hinder a huge leap from him is the same thing that Beasley has to deal with. It's just the opportunity might not be there because he's obviously going to be behind Jamal Murray at point guard. Murray is a really durable player. When he does get hurt, he had a lot of ankle injuries last season, but he'll play through them. So there's not really a ton of ability to start there. You can start at the two, which he did last year, but Gary Harris is there. Malik Beasley is there. He's not going to start over those two guys, I don't think. Just the overall minutes for him aren't probably there. Last season, Monte averaged 24 minutes per game. It's really tough seeing him average more than that this season. In fact, maybe there's a scenario where he averages a little less. The thing he does have going for him in the minutes department, there's not going to be a guy like Isaiah Thomas taking his minutes for the nine games that he did last season, you know, post-All-Star break. That really put a kind of fork in Monte Morris's year. I thought he was one of the best backup point guards in the league, maybe the best up until that point. He kind of lost some of his spirit, lost some of his flair when Isaiah Thomas entered the lineup and had to play off the ball. That's not going to happen next year. He's going to be on the ball whenever he's in the game. Even when he's playing with Jamal Murray, Monte Morris is going to be the guy on the ball. He's going to have to make a leap in the playoffs. He's going to have to be better in the playoffs. He was pretty poor in the postseason last year. He actually did not make a three-pointer in the postseason last year. He was 0-13 from three, so... There's got to be some improvement there. Also shot just 38% from the floor, 69% from the line, only 5.4 points in 16 minutes per game. Just not the consistent Monte Morris that we saw for most of the regular season. I I think because of his youth, because of his mentality, how hard of a worker he is, he'll definitely get better next season. I think he's going to come back next year as a better player than he was last season. But you just wonder if he's going to really have the opportunity to make a leap like a Murray or even like a Beasley might. want to remind you guys, if you do want to leave questions for the show, best way to do that is on bsndenver.com. The comment section on all our stories, it's only open to BSN Denver subscribers. So if you go to this podcast on bsndenver.com, and if you go onto the home site, there's a drop-down menu at the top that says podcast. Click on the Nuggets podcast and click on this episode. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and log in to leave a comment there. Uh, those questions get preferential treatment on the show. So I will get to any question left on this podcast on the website. I'll answer that before the first segment, before the first commercial. If you guys aren't subscribers, hit me up on Twitter at Harrison Wind or hit me up in my email, wind at bsndenver.com. But if you're not a subscriber, Man, what are you guys doing? You're late. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. 
Right now, you can get a annual subscription to BSN Denver for only $3.74 a month. It's as much as a crappy cup of coffee. You also get a free t-shirt, got a new Bronco shirt that just came out, new Buff shirt that just came out, more Nugget shirts are coming. So be sure to subscribe. Before we move on to the last two players I want to talk about when discussing who can make the biggest leap on the Nuggets next year, time for a quick word from Total Beverage. Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. You get that deal by using the code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. You can download it today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. They also have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products at Total Beverage on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today. You can receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. Better yet, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. You can get it delivered. Next up on the list of who can make the biggest leap next season, Gary Harris. Not a guy who you would think would be in this discussion. But the biggest reason why Gary Harris can make a big leap next year is because there's a chance he's able to stay healthier next year than he was last year. And I think the games he missed last year really prevented him from probably making what we all would associate with a big leap. Only 57 games played for Gary Harris last year, down from the 67 he played the year before and tied for a career low other than his rookie year when he only played in 55 games, not due to injury for Harris last year. And I also think he's capable of making a big leap, of course, if he's healthy, but also because of what he did in the playoffs last year when he was healthy. And for those 14 games, including the last couple games of the regular season, because if you guys remember, he came back from injury in February, and Denver really managed his minutes from there on out over the remainder of the regular season. Rarely played him more than 30 minutes a night, only when they really had to. And they just wanted to make sure he was right for the playoffs. And he really was. He was great in the playoffs. I thought he played some of the best basketball of his career in the playoffs. You look at game two against the Spurs, 23 points, 10 to 16 from the field. Denver won that game, of course. And then some of his other performances, especially on the defensive end of the floor, he took Derek White out of that Spurs series after he had gotten the better of Jamal Murray in those opening couple of games. And that was just a glimpse of what he can do when he's healthy. So the biggest reason why Gary Harris might be able to make a leap next season, it's because he may be able to stay healthier and that's a tough qualifier because he hasn't stayed really healthy throughout his career. He's always been banged up time here, a time there throughout the season. But you still get the feeling that there's another level he can get to if he's able to stay healthy. Last season, of course, he was injured a ton. His scoring plummeted from 17.5 points per game to around 13. His shooting percentages plummeted, shot 48.5% from the field in 2018. That went down to 42.5% from the field in 2019. And also his three-point percentage. He shot around 40% from three in 2018, down to 34% last season. So I think he'll rebound from an efficiency standpoint. And on the defensive end of the floor, he's already Denver's best perimeter defender. I think that's pretty cut and dry. It's definitely Gary Harris. I don't think there's anybody else you can make the argument for. And I thought at times throughout the season, his defense was a little inconsistent. And you have to think just the lingering injuries played a role in that. But in the playoffs, when he was fully healthy and towards the end of the season, he was great. He was a lockdown perimeter defender. He was defending at an all-NBA level. 
And so if he is healthy, I think there's still another leap Gary Harris can make on both ends of the floor. The final guy I want to touch on, and not somebody who I think is necessarily in for a huge leap by any means because I can't see him playing 33 minutes a game this season, which he played last season in Oklahoma City, but Jeremy Grant, who obviously is the new Nugget acquisition, the Nuggets' big move this summer, and I think it's still a move that's being regarded as pretty underrated. I ranked the Nuggets players earlier this summer on a podcast in terms of importance to next season. I had Grant fourth behind Jokic Murray, Gary Harris, and that's it. I think he's the fourth most important player. I think he's going to close a lot of games for Denver. I think he's going to be incredibly invaluable in the playoffs when the Nuggets are switching a ton more than they'll be doing in the regular season. But the reason I think he can make a leap is the change in scenery. It's because of the change in scenery. He's going from a team in Oklahoma City where he was pretty much in a you-turn-my-turn offense. Russell Westbrook would bring the ball up the floor. That would be his turn. You know, He'd be shooting that possession. Next possession would be Paul George. He really wasn't playing in the equal opportunity, free-flowing offense that he'll be playing in in Denver. And you think about him, a guy with a high basketball IQ who can shoot the three, who can finish inside, who's got great touch around the rim, and you wonder if he's going to be better suited for a Nuggets offense than he was in the Oklahoma City offense where he just wasn't able to use kind of his creative toolbox. So that's the biggest reason why I think he could be in store for a leap. Does just the Nuggets system, does Denver's style of play, do the players that he'll be playing alongside of, and he'll be playing alongside of Jokic a lot, even though I'm sure he'll be coming off the bench full-time behind Paul Millsap. He'll still log a lot of minutes with Jokic. Like, I predict the first sub of the game usually, unless there's some weird foul trouble thing, it's probably going to be Millsap for Grant. So I think he'll close games there. He could play some small ball five, which I think would be a nice lineup for Denver to go to. And just the system in Denver could really play to his strengths. And he was in a system in Oklahoma City that I don't think did. But this could be a change of scenery that kind of expands his game a little bit. You know, maybe he's able to do some things with the ball in his hands. He really wasn't afforded that ability and that freedom to do it in OKC. So that's all I've got. Those are the five guys I think you can talk about in this discussion as to who will make the biggest leap next season. Murray Beasley, Morris, Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant. The one omission from this argument Obviously, Jokic, you know, I think we should probably touch on him a little bit, but you know, he did so much last season. I think he's just going to be steadily climbing upward, right? I think he's going to get better next season, but I don't think he's going to take necessarily the leap that a couple of these other guys might take. If I had to settle on one guy from this discussion that I think will make the biggest leap, I'm going to go ahead and say Murray, and then... I'm going to give an honorable mention to Beasley because I do think there's a chance he could get more minutes next season. I'm not going to go ahead and say I'm going to predict that he's going to be the starting small forward, but I think he's going to make his case, and I think he's going to be chomping at the bit for more minutes. I'm expecting a big season from him. I think all these guys will be better next season. Monte Morris will come back a better player, but in terms of this argument, I'm going to settle on Jamal Murray with Malik Beasley as my honorable mention. Let me know what you guys think. Remember, if you're a BSN Denver subscriber, hit the comment section where this podcast will live on bsndenver.com. 
Leave your take, your reaction. Who do you think will make the biggest leap next season? And I'll get to it on Friday's show. If you're not a subscriber, first off, you're losing out. Come join the fam. But I know some of you aren't subscribers. Hit me on Twitter at Harrison Wind or my email, wind at bsndenver.com. That's all the time I got for today. Talk to you guys on Friday. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.